welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. This is Chuck Kalazi, and today's gospel is from the gospel according to St. Mark, and today is the fifth Saturday of Ordinary Time, and it's also the feast day of St. Scholastica. In those days when there again was a great crowd without anything to eat, Jesus summoned the disciples and said, My heart is moved with pity for the crowd, because they have been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will collapse on the way, and some of them have come a great distance. His disciples answered him, Where can anyone get enough bread to satisfy them here in this deserted place? Still he asked them, How many loaves do you have? They replied, Seven. He ordered the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then taking the seven loaves, he gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to his disciples to distribute. And they distributed them to the crowd. They also had a few fish. He said to the blessing over them and ordered them distributed also. They ate and were satisfied. They picked up the fragments left over, seven baskets. There were about 4,000 people. He dismissed the crowd and got into the boat with his disciples and came to the region of Dalmanutha. So Jesus is always feeding us. I mean, it all began in the Garden of Eden. What very few people remember is that there wasn't just the one tree with the bad fruit, and was it even really bad, or was it just something that was disordered? I don't know. There's a lot of different stories, a lot of different takes on that story, but the reality is, yes, we remember the bad fruit. A lot of times people call it an apple. It doesn't say in the Bible that it was an apple, but it says it was the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and God did not want them to eat it. But in that garden, there was so much else to eat, including the tree of life, which after they sinned had to be guarded lest they eat of it and live forever. He did not want us to live forever in a fallen state. So Adam and Eve, they didn't just eat the wrong fruit, but they didn't eat the right fruit. So now, all these years later, we have the Eucharist. We have the new fruit of the tree of life which Jesus tells us in John's account of one of these miracles of the loaves and the fish. Jesus follows the miracle by teaching them about the Eucharist. You must eat my flesh and drink my blood if you wish to have eternal life. So Jesus is giving us something to eat that will give us life, which counters the effects of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which gave us death when our first parents ate of it. Jesus is always feeding us. There is a new tree of life. It's called the cross. But there's so many other stories where Jesus and his saints over 2,000 years have multiplied food, have made sure that there was enough, have been able to get enough. Um, I think about, you know, just, I mean, one of many, but Mother Teresa is one of the most famous Persons in history who fed people. She did this as her vocation. She fed people. I mean, she also ministered to the sick and the dying, and her sisters did so many good things as they continue to do to this day. But there were so many stories where Mother Teresa was taking care of a group of people in an inner city area where everybody was dirt poor and they didn't have enough food. And she said, Well, that's a simple matter. We just need to ask the Lord to send it. 
and she would pray for bread, for example. They would get the sisters together. They would pray for bread. Within the hour, an 18-wheeler was pulling up to the front of wherever they were saying, hey, I got all this extra bread. I got to unload it. You guys want it? It was like a no-brainer to her. God will provide for his children. God always provides. He always gives us what we need. We mess things up all the time, and plus we can be very greedy and selfish, and yet he is still providing for his children. There are those who want to doubt this miracle. Why would you doubt it? What, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what? Come on. The, the Lord is so good. He made us. He gives us everything good. He wants us to ask sometimes. And there are endless stories. Jesus wants us to trust him. I'm just thinking of another story. It doesn't have to do with food, but it has to do with our saint for the day, which I'll get into, which once again, she, there's a great story associated with her life that's once again about trusting in Jesus. When I was in college, I had an assignment, a ministerial assignment to go visit the religious sisters in Lodi. It was the infirmary for the older sisters. And these nuns, I mean, talk about inspiration. It's true. Some of them were sick. Some of them had dementia. Some of them were blind. Some of them were deaf. So it was a sad thing to see them at this state of life where they were very, very weak, very ill, incapacitated. But I would spend time and I would visit with them and they were so inspiring. Some of them were very with it and they told me stories about their lives and their ministry. And I thought to myself, man, if I could only have a fraction of the holiness that these nuns have. And whenever there was a test coming up, sometimes I might have to leave early because I had something to study for. And they said, oh, don't worry, we'll pray for your test. And I'm not lying to you. There were numerous times I hadn't studied. I had hardly studied. And I asked the sisters to pray for me that I would do well on my test. And I got 103. 105. And I just always attributed that to those sisters. These sisters giving their lives to God so completely, so totally, as all of us are called to do in one form or another, according to our vocation, they have, I mean, I want to say they had the right to ask anything of God. I mean, from my point of view, they have the right. Maybe from God's point of view, it's not a right, but it's a gift. And we have a God that loves to give gifts. He loves to feed us. He loves to take care of us. Notice in the gospel story that we just heard, there were baskets and baskets of food left over. This is how it works with Almighty God. He can't be outdone in generosity. There's a story where Jesus says, who, who among you, if your son asked for a fish, would give him a snake? Well, when you ask Jesus for a fish, he gives you 10. This is how he works. So, and I, I just keep finding for myself I, I'm not really good with shopping and cooking and all that, but whenever there's any kind of an occasion, I always get so much food that was left over. The Lord is just constantly providing for me in so many different ways. I don't have anybody regularly cooking for me right now, but food is just showing up all the time. And that's what this story is all about. So our saint for the day, she is certainly somebody that had a claim on the Lord's providence. The, the sister of St. Benedict. St. Benedict, I've talked about him before. He founded all these monasteries in the desert trying to establish reform in the church, just like Pope Benedict was trying to do, just like so many other saints. It was so desperately needed as the Roman Empire was no longer persecuting Christians. They were doing something worse. They were making us fat and lazy. They were giving us everything. 
and a lot of the secular leaders had also become Christian, and corruption now existed all throughout the hierarchy of the church. And so St. Benedict sought to live a life of holiness and call many other people to live this life. And yeah, it involved poverty. Tomorrow I'm going to speak a little bit more about poverty. Um, Even though it's a Sunday, it's also February 11th. And anyway, I don't want to jump ahead too much there. February 11th is the Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes. One of my favorite feasts, one of my favorite stories. And it involves sickness, it involves poverty, and it involves tremendous grace, tremendous blessing. So... Getting back to St. Benedict, he went out in the desert, he founded all these monasteries, he was very, very successful, and then his sister, St. Scholastica, our saint for the day, she founded a bunch of monasteries for women out in the desert, and once again was very successful. This is the first time in the history of the church, right around the 4th, 5th century, that we see organized religious life. There had been people living religious life before this, but it wasn't official, it wasn't organized, It was more just gatherings of hermits, uh, houses of Christian virgins, things like that. But now we have official religious orders beginning to be seen in the church, and they were all contemplative monastic at first in those early days. Later on down the centuries, we're going to see active orders, teaching orders, all kinds of other things. So there's a famous story of St. Scholastica bringing the nuns to the monastery to meet with St. Benedict and all the, the brothers which is not something that they often did. They were trying to avoid temptation. Now, since Pope John Paul's theology of the body in our contemporary age, we recognize the need for a lot more interaction uh, between men and women religious and men and women leadership in the church. And uh, if there is temptation, well, okay, sometimes we run from the temptation. Sometimes it's an opportunity for a greater maturity. That being a whole different topic, I think, well, it's not really a different topic because St. Scholastic, I think, saw this. And when she and her sisters got together with Benedict and all the brothers, Benedict at one point said, okay, now it's time to go. Sisters, you need to leave. Brothers, go back to your cells. And St. Scholastica approached her brother and said, no, brother, let's continue to stay here together and talk. This is such a wonderful thing for us to be together. And perhaps she had an inkling that she was going to die soon. So she requested St. Benedict, please stay with me through the night. Let's all stay together. Let's continue to pray and sing, and talk, and just enjoy our time together. And her brother Benedict said something to the effect of, woman, how could you say such a thing? I must get back to my cell. The brothers must get back to their cells. We can't have too much of a good thing, and and it's too much temptation, and we just need to get back to our, our life. We can't break the rule. And she said to him, well, if you won't grant my request, then God will. And she brought the sisters together and they prayed for the Lord to make it happen that they, all the brothers and all the sisters would spend the entire evening together, continuing to talk and pray and eat and just enjoy one another's company. And after they had prayed, suddenly they heard thunder outside and suddenly it started to storm and the storm was just so awful that the sisters could not leave. And it remained that way the entire evening until the morning. And so they continued to pray together, sing together, enjoy more food together. Uh, They had a beautiful evening where everybody just enjoyed each other's company. The next day, they went back to their monastic lives. However, it was right after that that St. Scholastica died. And so that's why it's believed she had an idea that she was going, and she wanted to spend some extra time with her beloved brother. 
And this is just the beauty. There's so much beauty there. It's the beauty of divine providence, but it's also the beauty of men and women, even when they have taken on a celibate life, they still need each other. They still need each other's gifts, each other's input, each other's love and affection, whatever that means, you know, for for each person according to their state in life. Men and women need each other. This is why in the Bible at the very beginning it says it's not good for the man to be alone. Uh, It says, let us make them in our image, male and female, he made them. Adam rejoicing in his bride. There's so much there that indicates just the beauty of how God has made the human race. This story was so beautiful and wholesome, and yet in our world today, we don't know how to do this anymore. We don't know how to have healthy interactions and just, you know, balanced, balanced interactions, appreciating each other's beauty, appreciating each other's gifts. What we have now is all kinds of excess. We've gone to an excess in basically making gods out of our sexuality, deifying our sexuality to the extent now that so many people in the world are miserable due to all the broken families and all the abuse that they've suffered in connection with their sexuality, and now they hate their sexuality. We've come full circle. Pope John Paul talked about this a lot. He made predictions. Pope Paul VI made predictions, and now we're seeing all that. Now we're seeing that men want to be women, women want to be men. Everyone is confused, and we're just supposed to affirm it as if it's natural, as opposed to looking at it and saying, you know what, there's something wrong here. There's lots of pain. There's lots of brokenness. And what can we do now as Christians to try to heal, try to heal the wounds, try to heal those uh, uh, whatever, what, whatever has happened between men and women, whether it was excess that caused different wounds, whether it was a uh, scarcity, prudishness, whatever. I mean, we, we've gone from one extreme to the other in so many different ways, and the Lord is calling us to a balance The Lord is calling us to a healthy exchange and a healthy back and forth and a true appreciation of who we are in the Lord. Anyway, enough said, but it's just one more example of how God provides. The Lord has provided so much good for all of us, not just in terms of what he gives us, but in terms of who we are. And we see it right there in the family. So we wish to celebrate our families and we wish to just continue to ask the Lord, please give us what we need. Keep building up our families. Help us, dear Lord, to pray together. Help us to put you at the center. Help us to remember the words of Our Lady of Fatima that, you know, families should pray the rosary together to have peace in those homes. Help us, dear Lord, build up our families and continue to give us all that we need, not just the bread for our tables, but the love for our hearts, the patience that we need to have for one another, that we may be more and more built up in love. Have a great day. God bless you. 